Happy Monday and welcome to the Travel Radio Podcast. I am your host, Megan Chapa. This week we will be featuring the second half of Matthew Walgren's interview on an Amazon River Cruise recap. And it started with a three-day pre-cruise trip to Machu Picchu. And it is really interesting and worth a listen if you haven't heard it yet. So that's last week was part one. This week is part two, where we will actually get into the river cruise itself, food, excursions, entertainment, wildlife, and boy, is it wild and amazing. So please enjoy this week with Matthew Walgren, who can be found at matt.travel, and he is taking new clients at this current time. So go ahead and give him a call if you are interested in, uh, in river cruising, especially Amazon river cruising. All right. Without further ado, enjoy. All right. Well, tell us about getting to the cruise ship. Yeah. So um, we stayed that night in, in Cusco, have lots of Pisco sours, um, which became our favorite drink there, which I don't know if um, you know what Pisco sour is, but it's... Um, Do tell. Pisco is their national... Yeah, it's their sort of national alcohol. It's the alcohol of, of Peru, one of the main ones, and it's made from uh, grapes typically. And... And uh, like a whiskey sour, made just like a whiskey sour, but with pisco, and it's really good and light and refreshing and a little thaw. They do use that egg white on there to froth it up. And uh, that was that was our favorite drink that we, we, we drank. Uh, you know, if we were drinking, we were drinking pisco sours most of the time, if not some, some regional wine. But um, So we had some of those. Went to bed early. We were tired from a long day. Got up. Um, we didn't have to get leave our flight till. I think nine or, or 10. So we got to sleep in a little bit, enjoy breakfast, drink some more coca tea. Um, and then we took our flight and our flight to, from Lima, um, from, no, from Cusco to Lima and then from Lima to Iquitos. And Iquitos is where we start our, our river adventure. All right. River adventure. All right. So tell us the itinerary. Yeah, so um, the first day um, was a bit of a downer. They had to swap some things because it was it was raining significantly. But um, they we land in Iquitos, and then they drive us um, to uh, the port, um, which is near Nauta, and um, we get on our ship. Um, and most of the time, it's rain or shine. You're going out there in the evening to start um, looking for uh, wildlife and vegetation and, and to explore. Um, but it was raining so hard that day that we didn't get to do that. So instead, um, we stayed in um, that night and uh, woke up early the next morning. Uh, about 6 a.m. is the wake-up call. And the reason for that is you go out every morning and every night on these little skiff boats um, that allow you to go deeper into the jungle and that's when the animals are most active, is early morning and evening um, because it's cooler temperatures and, and a lot of them are nocturnal. And so um, that's what we did. And, you know, I don't, we were there six nights. And so I don't remember exactly when we saw each animal, but I can kind of tell you like the things that we saw that if you're a bird lover, mm-hmm. I mean, you were going to love this trip. We saw so many different kinds of birds, egrets. Um, we saw hawks. We saw eagles. We saw um, chikatas, birds you've never heard of before. Yeah, I was going to say, parrots. I don't know what that is. 
the, the jacada became like our one of our favorite birds. It's a really small bird. It's also known as like a I think a butterfly bird. Um, and you think it's just like a baby bird. Um, it's really small and cute. And then we saw one, and it had babies behind it, which were even tinier. Um, and they like to be near the water, and they like to be there's like these little um, leaf pads sort of in the water and they walk on that. Now we couldn't walk on it. We'd fall right through, but they're light enough that they can just kind of walk on it. And they're mostly walking. But the reason why they call them butterfly birds is when they decide to fly, mm-hmm. um, kind of resembles a butterfly, the way that their wings, uh, flap. Hot, so hot it's, it's yeah. really interesting. Okay. Um, neat. But yeah, I'm trying to think all the birds. We saw so many birds. I can't remember. Um, we saw, um, did I mention toucans? Not um, yeah, but I love a toucan. Yeah, yeah saw toucans. Um, so many different kinds of birds. So if you're a bird lover, you love the trip. Of course, if you're a photographer, you're going to love it. Um, and then we saw... Did you need to bring binoculars? Uh, we didn't bring them, but other people had them. Highly recommend binoculars. Yeah, didn't realize. So a lot of them are at the tops of the trees in the back. Mm-hmm. And so binoculars really helps a lot. Um, I have pretty good eyes but it's nice to get a nice close-up view anyways. Mm. So um, binoculars is a must, I would say. Okay. Sorry. Go on. Let's talk monkeys. Monkeys, yeah. So we saw five different kinds of monkeys. I don't know if I remember all the names of them, but we did see um, or uh, it's um, a pygmy marmoset. Or some people call it a finger monkey. Um, it's just a little tiny monkey. I got some great pictures of it, um, and, and that was really cute. Um, we saw um, woolly monkey, which is the largest monkey there. And it's it's not, they don't have huge monkeys. You know, they're all tree monkeys. Um, but those ones are really cool. Those are one of my favorites because they, as soon as they saw us, they came right down to investigate <laughs> and see what we were all about. While we're looking at them and they're looking at us, they came right down from the branches really close uh, to the boat. Although we didn't get too close, we didn't want them to jump in. But um, that was really cool. Got some video of that. Um, of course, them hanging by their tails and different mm-hmm. things and jumping. There was also... Um, was it at all intimidating, <laughs> like you thought they might come and get onto the boat? Cause I've For been, a minute, I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. I've been in a um, a bus where the baboons tried to get in um, because of Altoids, actually. Some guy was baiting them with Altoids oh. is what it turns out that it was. And oh, we no. had to like quick roll up the windows and one of the poor monkey's hand, like baboon's hands got rolled up in the window, but he was like about to get into the bus and like attack this guy over Altoids and it would have served him oh, right. Wow. But, um, it was uh, terrifying. Yeah. I saw this, uh, monkey <laughs> grab a Rubbermaid container. I guess it was probably like that 1970s never die Tupperware and he bit clear through it. I mean, he was just like on oh, a rampage. So, yeah, monkeys, uh, as cute as they are, some of them are also terrifying. And it's probably some animal lovers like, they're not monkeys, they're mommer suits or whatever. But, hey, for this purpose, monkeys. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I was nervous a little bit at first when they started coming down, but then we didn't get close enough. We got close enough to take some good pictures and video, but not quite close enough for them to risk jumping in. Of course, those waters are, you know, um, infested with, with caimans. Um, mm-hmm. and other things. So they, they don't want to get in the water there. They know the risk. Um, mm. so it wasn't, they weren't going to jump that far, but, um, 
Yeah. Um, trying to think. So we did see Caymans. Uh, we did go. There was some night um, journeys as well on the on the skiff boat. And so there was. Uh, Jason and I noticed right away um, as people were looking on the other side of the boat. If you didn't have your flashlight out. Um, there was bioluminescence in the river that you could see, which is really cool. It's like these little LED lights, like flashing in the water. Yes, yeah, so um, cool. The coolest part was when then I got some video of this, where you can't really see anything because it's dark, but you don't you don't have to see anything. Um, it's just you know at some point it talks, just everybody just be quiet, it's possible, and just listen and just listening to all the sounds out there. It was it was the roar of of the wildlife, and they call it um, the symphony of of the Amazon. Um, and that was just cool to just sit there and, and, and listen to those sounds and just think, wow, all these animals that are that are out there, all the different kinds of birds and frogs and and, and stuff. Um, and there's people yeah, there. So, there's people in the jungle living there, and they don't care about the internet. They don't need entertainment. They've got the birds and the bees, and that's all right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's awesome. And so it. Um, it, and it wasn't all, you know, um, getting on those skips. It wasn't just that, right? So we did do hikes into the jungle, mm-hmm. and we did meet with the locals. Um, mm-hmm. we, we went to a butterfly sanctuary, which was pretty cool. Um, we went um, and had um, lunch with a family. They invited us into their home. Mm-hmm. And um, this is where we can talk more about food again. Uh, <laughs> so it was all um, food um, that she grew or, or caught locally. We had um, stew, stew made of, um, they called it bush meat. And then we went uh, quite a little bit further, and it, um, the, the animal was called, is called an agutipaka. And agutipaka is like a, a large rodent, smaller than a capybara, but um, but still a large rodent with sort of those um, kind of like deer spots. Yes. I don't know if you've seen those. I know exactly yeah. what that is. Yeah. How did he good. taste? It, it, yeah, it's like pork. <laughs> It was like pork, yeah, it was like uh, ham hocks or something. Um, it was it was really good stew. Um, they had um, some things wrapped up in, in sort of a maybe it was a banana leaf or or I don't know some kind of leaf kind of thing. And you open it up and there was like some fish and some kind of like polenta like thing in there. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure what all the things were to be honest, but we enjoyed the food. Of course, they eat with their hands mostly there deep in the jungle. So mm-hmm. we all ate with our hands, everything. Nice. Um, and then let me tell you about the most uh, interesting thing we drank. Okay. And I wasn't going to do it because for me, this was a little much. But they had told us about it a few days before. They told us about something called Masato, um, or they oh. also call it jungle beer. And it's oh. what, they're, what they're drinking out uh, <laughs> in deep in the jungle there. And what they do is they get um oh, I know root. what this is. Okay, go. You know, oh. yeah. <laughs> and they and they prepare it. Well, they prepare it like mashed potatoes almost where they boil it and mash it up. Um now he had warned us uh, three days before and I just said when I first heard about I'm not gonna drink this. I just I don't need to drink that, that's fine. But a three three days later when we actually went to the woman's house and she had offered it, I said, Well, okay, we'll try it. Um but then they take that sort of mashed um yucca, they chew on it. And then they spit it in a bucket, and mm. then and they ferment it. Mm-hmm. And they wait at least a few days, but the longer they wait, the stronger it is. Yeah. And then and then that's what it is. Um, they're basically using the bacteria in the mouth to to um, yeah. initiate the fermentation process. Yeah. And but we did we did have it. We did have it. It was like it was a very starchy 
kind of drink kind of like poi, if you've ever had poi mm-hmm. um, in Hawaii. Um, it was okay. Um, not my favorite, um, but I but I decided I had to try it. We even had a few little bugs that were enjoying it in, a, in our cup with us. Um, <sighs> but they were but we, sterile. <laughs> <laughs> they're sterile. We just said, oh, that's fine. Well, we're going to do it. <laughs> oh, Matt, did you get sick? No, not at all. Okay, so a friend of mine did this in maybe Uganda. I'm sure it was Uganda, actually. And the the village has a big um a like a big pot that they ferment for the whole village, and like I don't know one night a week, one night a month, or whatever it is, whenever they run out, they all sit together and chew and spit and chew and spit, and then they all drink it together also. And she was there, and they invited her to, and she said, "Yeah, I'll go for it." And then she, and she did not realize what the process was, and um. One, she got pretty inebriated, and then two, she was very, very ill. Oh boy! Sorry, no, we didn't, we didn't experience that. And I didn't drink too much of it. I, I just it was more of a drinking a little bit of it, getting a taste of it. Had several sips, but that was it. Now the captain of our ship, he knew all about it. He had several cups. <laughs> he was oh. enjoying it. Um, <laughs> but no, we didn't get it. I guess it, it tasted. It was just kind of a starchy thing. Um, not, not much flavor to it. But I guess it does the trick if you want to get drunk. So. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So interesting food experience. Uh, what about, um, you know, as far as ports go, do you have a favorite port? You know, I don't even know. I don't remember the names of the towns because they are different names and hard to remember, but they were really, um, for the most part, they're really small villages that you'd go into and there wasn't more than 50 or 60 people in any one of these villages. They're really tiny. Um, they're all, the, the housing are all hut sort of housing with the thatched roofs, no, of course, no plumbing put together themselves. They, they might rebuild every five years or so, um, because of, you know, because of wear and tear, um, it, kind of large, one large room open kind of thing. So you can see right through, um, just because it's warm and hot there, you don't want to track the heat in. So it's just kind of open and airy, uh, not very simple, not much to it. Some of them had, were up on stilts because it floods in that area. So they had them up high on stilts. So when it would flood every every couple of years or so, uh, their house would be okay. Um, but pretty basic. Um, have smoke going to dispel the the bugs. So they've always got a little smoke burning, not really fire because they don't want the heat, but just just kind of smoke um, with coals kind of going. Um, but Nauta was was one of the ports we did explore, which is a bigger city. It's one of the bigger cities in the area of the Amazon that we were in. And so that was fun. We got to see uh, one of the, the largest fishes in the area and some turtles. We got to ride on, what was it called, like a motorbike kind of thing. Basically, it's like a rickshaw, uh, but instead of a bicycle, uh, they've got a um, a motorcycle on front. And so you get in the back, and the guy rides you all around town. So we got on one of those, and he drove us all around, and we stopped at a local bar and had some drinks and hung out and explored and, and tried some different ice creams and it, it's interesting because you go in and like well it's hot let's go get an ice cream they've got this similar kind of freezer that you'd find in a in a 7-eleven uh, where you open it from the top and there's all kinds of different ice cream bars um, it's just the flavors are different now, of course there's chocolate there but there's something you know different flavor in inside like one of them that was popular was lokuman which is it looks like it's almost like a cross between an avocado and a mango it looks like an avocado, huh. um, and it, but it's the color of a mango inside. 
And it kind of tastes like the best, the closest thing I can think of, maybe because I didn't try it fresh, but I tried it in ice cream as a flavor. And it was kind of like Thai tea is the best I could kind of um, Which can be delicious. It's good. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. That was one of our favorite flavors, especially in the ice cream. And But it's interesting because we look at the wrapper. Well, who makes this? Is this locally? And, of course, it's made by Nestle. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's really funny. So this it's sounds local flavors, like... and you can't get that ice cream anywhere, you know, else. Yeah. So, huh. so what about snakes? Did. did you come across any snakes? Absolutely, we did. So we Ooh. got to see... Um, we got to see some snakes. So we did another one of the hikes that we did uh, deeper in the jungle. Um, they had a, a, a local, local um, guy who was kind of there um, ahead of us looking for things. Because he, he treks up and through those those trails, you know, all the time. So he kind of knows where to probably spot things. And so um, we spotted, we did spot another monkey up in the tree. Um, and we spotted a um, uh boa constrictor, um, a 12-foot boa constrictor um, along the path, um, and it was right in our path, and he actually picked it up and held it out. Oh, my gosh. And so we got some good photos and videos of that, um, but it was in the way, so he, so he had to move it. That's why he picked it up, to, was to move it out of the trailway, um, and then we, we had to walk past it still because um, it didn't go away, um, and it was pissed. <laughs> so I was, was going to say, and now it's mad. And what size animal do yeah. you think that thing could eat? Right. I mean, I don't know. Probably one of those agouti <laughs> pacas or a, or a... Or 10. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or 10. Um, and I think, yeah, and then we did see a uh, anaconda as well. Whoa. Um, it was a baby anaconda, only three years old, so it was seven foot. I'm still pretty big. But not say, as huge as, as you know, anaconda can get, yeah. As far as anacondas go, that's the one you want to come across. Right. And it's interesting. So they had told us a story because we had asked them, we asked a question, how do they know how big uh, a thing they can eat? And so he told us a story about a woman who had, I think it was either a boa constrictor or anaconda, I don't remember which one, but had it in her apartment living with her, and it was her friend. And... um and she'd take care of it, and everything was good. When it started to get bigger, she noticed it would look in her direction and sort of open and close its mouth and open and, and close its mouth. And so she called the vet and said, well, it's acting weird. It keeps opening and closing its mouth and looking at me. And the vet said, get out of there. It, it wants to eat you. It's trying, it's sizing you up. Oh, to my see goodness. If it can fit you in its mouth. Um and they don't have, you know, their jaws are unlocked, you know, they don't, so um, they can open pretty wide. That's crazy. Um, so that, that was one of the freaky story, yeah. But yeah, for me, I, I don't think I'd have a snake like that in my house anyway. But <laughs> my parents let us own way too many animals. Mom, if you're listening to this, Dad, I know you were traveling a lot, so this was like mom's problem. But, I mean, we had snakes. I had a five, six-foot iguana named Howie. But my sister, like, straight up lost some snakes in our house that we never saw again. So that's a little disturbing. So, Sarah, I hope that you have children that they lose an anaconda in your house because payback for sure. mom and dad. <laughs> Maybe not an anaconda, but definitely a corn snake because that one bit mom bad. So, yeah. oh, gosh. Okay, well, that's a terrifying story. 
All right. What else should we talk about? What was a, what was your you know your biggest highlight and what was kind of uh, uh, maybe not a letdown, but not what you expected it to be. So I think I have two two main experiences left. Now I can't. I, the, I guess the only letdown and to really be prepared. Now um, it, there's there's bugs, um, and they will bite you. And there's different kinds, and I have different kinds of bug bites. And I bought now there's you know two main things to, to wear. There's DEET, and there's something called Picardin. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it's something like Picardin, and Picardin doesn't smell. So that's the one I opted for, and it was supposed to be just as effective, but I, I mean, it wasn't for us. So we rubbed that all over us, but we were still getting bit. And my friends who all had DEET wipes, they were fine. So I'm thinking next time I'd do DEET. Um, I did treat my clothes with something called permethrin, which, um, because they can still bite through your clothes, right? So um, I did do that, but I don't think I used enough permethrin. Um, so I don't know if that was as effective for us or I didn't do it quite right, um, what I would probably recommend is I would get two outfits if you're going into a jungle or, or a place like this where there's lots of mosquitoes and different bugs and make sure they're already uh, treated for, for bugs so that they repel bugs on their own. And what they do is I think they treat uh, the, the yarn or the, you know, the string or the fabric itself with permethrin before they, they sew it or put it together. Or, or they just know what they're doing. They do a really good job, and it's supposed to last forever. So, um, I would recommend getting those kind of clothing and using DEET. So we got we got attacked a little bit. Not as not the worst people, um, though. So there's people that were worse off than us. At least it avoided our faces. Um, it was mostly around our feet and our arms. Um, but that was that was more the letdown. I thought that I had prepared myself enough for that, um, and I didn't. But it was survivable and totally worth it. Like I, I would I would go again and get bit like that again. If, if um, I could have this sort of once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Yeah, two more incredible experiences. The, the other one was um, we got to meet uh, a local uh, shamana. It's like shaman, but a shamana. Um, and they have a different local word for it, and I don't remember what it is. Um, but but they, with us, they use the word shamana. And, um, and that's, I don't know if you've heard about ayahuasca, but she performs ayahuasca ceremonies, which is, no. Ayahuasca is a, it's a tree. It's a, it's a root or a stem or something. It's, it's a tree. Um, it's wood from a tree and they mix different ingredients with it and come up with this sort of potion. And, um, we didn't do it. Um, but, um, it's a whole four hour ceremony. There's a couple different reasons for it. It is a spiritual thing. Um, they use it to help people find, find ailments. So if something's wrong with them and they can't figure it out, they do this ayahuasca ceremony and they hallucinate. And um, But there are some major side effects. When you drink it, um, you're either going to, or maybe both, you're going to fill up. Um, you're going to need a toilet nearby, or um, but they don't have it. So they just go out into the into the brush there in the jungle, and um, it, it just completely clears out your system, um, which is probably another side benefit of it. If you've got some parasites, maybe you... This is going to help you. So that's I think that's kind of another reason why they do it besides the spiritual um, reasons. Um, you, you have to be chosen um, by another shaman or shamana to to learn this practice. It's they, they do the ceremony again and and they find out who who has the the gift. Hmm. And so she was taught by somebody. She's uh, been it for fifteen years, and now she has two um, apprentices under her that also have the gift that are learning um, 
the practice. And it's, it's not just a spiritual thing. I mean, they're, the, they're kind of like the, the first, um, the first doctor sort of around where, um, they can treat the basic things. They can help you with arthritis if you're sick, certain things. And I can't do everything. And if it's, and she doesn't do broken bones or anything. So if you have that, then they got to take you to now to her or another bigger town and take you to a hospital. So they don't assume to, to think that they can cure everything. Um, but there are uh, lots of things that they can they can help with. And the interesting thing is a lot of the ingredients they're using, when we looked it up or discovered later, these are things that are in medicine that we use. So uh, there was a, a certain kind of flour that they use, and we looked it up, and that's, that's, a, that's in a medicine. Um, of course, aspirin's the same way, right? Aspirin is, I think, uh, originally a bark that's been used in the world for thousands of years um, to, to alleviate pain. And it's, it's really just a bark from what I understand. And, but we've got it in a pill form. So we kind of lose the identity of what it, what it actually is. Um, but that was really cool. And she did do a ceremony with us. Um, and we've got a little bit of that on video too. And she, um, did the chanting and she, uh, sort of blessed, uh, each of us. Um, we got, um, we, we bought uh, some local crafts that she had made and some necklaces and stuff, and she would bless it for you by blowing uh, tobacco smoke over it. And this is pure tobacco, just rolled up in a leaf um, and then smoking. And, and they part of the blessing is to blow that, that smoke on you and you kind of let it go all over your body. And, and that was a really cool, interesting experience, something I'd never never seen before. And like a lot of the trip, I, we did so many things I never thought I'd see or do, or, you know, eat ever in my life, but. Okay. So Matt, who is this trip for? I imagine it's not for people with accessibility issues. Right. That's going to be a little bit more difficult. You're not going to see as many things. That's tough. So I would say it's more for, you're going to want people that are adventurous. Um, You want people who can roll with the punches um, because things may change and you're out in the wilderness and it's, it's definitely not going to be like home. Um, and you're not going to have all the comforts of home. So you're going to need to, to let all that go. So someone who can kind of roll with the punches. And we did take our malaria pills and we got all our vaccines. So definitely someone that you're going to want to do check in with your doctor yep. first before booking a trip like this and, and know what's involved. And you might need to get some, some vaccines and get some ask. more meds and share that, that you're healthy enough. But there was, I mean, there's people of all ages. So I think, was the oldest person was, I don't know, uh, maybe in their 70s. Okay. Um, so it, it ranged. People from their 20s all the way to their 70s, I think. So, um, so, so if you're healthy, yeah, okay, um, good. you want to do it. I would say if, if you love animals, um, it's a great trip and you want to see them in their natural environment. If you love nature, if you photography, we took so many amazing photos. Um, if you love birds, if you're a bird watcher, it's going to be a great trip for you. But the photos, I mean, the water, there's three different kinds of water there, which I didn't know there was three different kinds of water, but it mm. mostly on the main river, it looked brown. Yeah. But if you were to take it out, um, and let the, the, the sediment settle, which is the sediments coming from the Andes and it's just constantly coming down. So I guess that's why it's brown. Um, and it's fairly shallow. It's not that deep. So, um, but it would, if you let the water it settle, it would it would appear uh, like a white. Uh, and, of course, there's clear water as well. But the most amazing uh, water where we took these amazing um, photos was when we went down the little side rivers, um, the water's black. 
it's stark black. And so it looks like a black mirror. And you take these photos, and if I were to print them out and turn them upside down and, and hang them in my home, nobody would know that it was upside down. It was just oh. a perfect reflection, um, which was really cool. Um, and, and so, and actually on my, on my Facebook page now, I've got one in the, in the background, um, not the perfectly symmetrical one, but we saw a rainbow and it was a double rainbow. And then we were on that black water. And, uh, and so the rain, you can perfectly see the rainbow in the reflection of the water too. And it was so still, the water is so still. Hmm. And so that was really cool. And we did a new ride through that, um, as the sun was setting, um, which was amazing. So it was just, you know, you and one other person or just a few people on this, on a, on a little boat rather than the bigger boat, just and, and with a, another guy paddling you. Um, the, um, the, okay. the last thing I do want to mention oh, that yes, I didn't please. mention yet, which I think was really cool and I was excited to see, um, was pink dolphins. Oh. So they took us out for a much longer ride one morning rather than the normal one and a half to two hour one. We did four hours and they brought out breakfast and, um, they took us to the spot where they kind of put us up against the trees and we could watch uh, pink dolphins swim and they would jump up a little bit. Now they wouldn't do the full jump out of the water, but they kind of come up and you can see them. Um, we've got some good video of that. Pictures were hard to take because you never knew when they were coming, but you just kind of stick your video camera out there and, and they'd pop up. And then later that day we actually got to go swimming. So we swam in the Amazon too. So yeah, I know a lot of people would say, Wait, in this piranha-infested waters? Yeah, it is. And it, it's got caimans, huge caimans. Yeah, absolutely, and we saw them. Um, but a chance to go swimming with pink dolphins? Hmm. I couldn't pass that up. So we, we jumped in. Wow. <laughs> um, and that was a really cool experience. Let's talk about the vaccines. Was it like things you took by mouth, or was it like eight shots for a cow in your bottom? Well, I, I had a lot of the vaccines already, so if you needed to get some people, if you didn't complete the hepatitis series, yeah. um, then you then you had to complete that shots for that. I, I already had all that, so um, I did yellow fever, and you can do it as a shot or you can do it as a pill. And I took the pill, and it lasts for five years. Um, uh, so I, I didn't need any shots, um, but it just depends on what you've had. And I was in the Peace Corps, and they they get you a lot of shots. And if you're in the military, right, you get yep. even more shots. So. Yep. Um, so I didn't need much. It was mostly I needed the different medications, the malaria pills. So there's not a vaccine for malaria, but you take this pill a couple of days before you arrive um, in the jungle, and then you continue to take it for seven days after, depending on which one your doctor. There's a few different pills, but I got the one that I guess my pill isn't as effective, but it's easier to take because it's more convenient. Yeah, but you got to um, do it. You can't mess around with malaria. It's horrible. Yeah, and don't don't. Don't let your brain trick you. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. I don't feel like I'm getting sick, so I'm just going to stop taking it. No, <laughs> um, definitely keep taking it. Um, but that doesn't, there's still other things out there. Um, but that's where the, most of it, you're going to get it from bites. So that's why it's really important to, to use an effective, um, you know, uh, either DEET or, or something on your skin to prevent, prevent the bites. Yeah, um, absolutely. Well, um, before we close it up, uh, this was a trip that you planned for a group of friends. You do a lot of river cruising as far as planning for individuals and for groups. Will you tell us how people can contact you and use your planning services? 
Yeah. So my uh, first, they can visit my website if they want to learn more about me. And it's really super simple. It's so it's so simple. It's stupid. It's just matt.travel. That's it. M A T T dot T R A V E L. You just type that in your browser. It'll take you right to me. Super simple. No dot com or anything like that. Just matt.travel. Um, and then all my contact info is on there. You can email me um, and you can uh, call me. My phone number is 408-718-4872. You can text that number too. And uh, I'd be happy to talk to you about any of these trips and, um, and river cruising. But also, as I've done, uh, I also did um, uh, Yangtze River Cruise in China as well. So I've done Europe, I've done Peru, I've done uh, Chinese River Cruise. Um, so I'm getting... You're getting there. I'm getting my knowledge on. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, in the future, we will have Matt back where he's going to talk about an additional type of cruise. Not Is it a river cruise? Let's talk whiskey. Just We're not going to give him too much details, but we'll talk whiskey river cruise on a separate episode. Yeah. Another exciting river cruise journey coming up uh, next year. And it's going to be, it'll be it's pretty it's pretty um, doable for, for, for everybody. Okay, great. All right, Matt. Well, thank you for being my guest on the travel radio podcast on our one year anniversary. And until we talk to you about your whiskey river cruise, thank you. And for everyone listening, good night. Thanks, Megan.